You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarlane. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Welcome back to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name's Steve Bowes. I am joined by, of course, Trish McFarland. Trish, what is happening? Hello, and we are here live and in person. What? That's what's happening. Giving the listeners a little behind the curtain kind of thing here. We are. I have to tell, tell them where we're at then, since you let that out of the bag early. We are in Seattle at the Sherm People Analytics Conference, which is the first time they're doing it. My first trip to Seattle. And I have laryngitis. That's it in a nutshell. That's where we are. All right. Well, that's a trifecta. We are in Seattle. <laughs> we were uh, fortunate enough to be invited by our friends at Sherm, our good friends at Sherm, I'd even have to say, uh, to come to this first People Analytics event. It's been a really interesting event so far. We just finished back-to-back panel sessions on how analytics transforms the workplace. We did it with our friend Charlene Lobby. We did. Uh, she participated with us as well. That was super fun. And we'll probably write something up about that session on the website uh, soon, www www.h3hr. Do you have to say www? You don't anymore, no. So just h3hr.com, people figure out the www. Yes. Yes. Also, for for listeners. Tell us the end of the day, I'm a little punchy. Charlene Lobby, HR bartender, so you can go to hrbartender.com. She also wrote about the event, and I'm sure she'll probably do some sort of follow up as well. So Yeah, it's been a cool event. My one recommendation to the good folks at Sherman, I did say this publicly, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say this again to the HR Happy Hour audience. You're going to run a January conference. <laughs> I'm just going to throw out some concepts here. Miami, Orlando, Making suggestions. Vegas. All right. We arrived to Seattle and the snow yesterday, which was quite something. I have to admit, so having not been to Seattle before landing in the snow, it was beautiful. And secondly, on the way to the hotel, I felt like looking out, it was just like a Norman Rockwell painting. And it was like... Like, on Bob Ross, when he's making the happy little trees, I felt like the happy little trees are everywhere here. They were all, like, snow-covered and just beautiful, and, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I think I like Seattle. It's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing a little bit more of the town now, now that the, the hard work part is over. But, uh, but before we sort of call this a day, Trish, we are going to record the HR Happy Hour podcast, and we ran into a fellow... HR podcaster who's joining us today. We did. We're with Joey Price. He is the founder of Jumpstart HR and the host of the Business Life and Coffee podcast, well into their 200 and some episodes. Joey, man, how are you? Hey, podcast world. I'm doing great. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, Joey, for folks who may not know you in, yeah. our, uh, in our audience. Great. Well, first of all, you can find me online at Joey V. Price HR, tweeting all things uh, HR, my daughter, fun things with business travel, and I, as Steve mentioned, am the founder of Jumpstart HR, so we work with small businesses and startups, uh, either becoming their HR department because they have none, or putting out the fires of uh, HR departments along the way. So that's what I do for the uh, main thing that I do, and then of course the podcast, Business Life and Coffee Show, 
Episode 229 aired by the time you're listening to nice. this. Get this that up. wherever you get your podcast. Get that deal. wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Just, I've heard, I've heard just that pop it in the search so, bar. And, and your daughter's name is what, Jillian? My daughter, yes. My daughter's name is Jordan. See, that's interesting. So we had a little pre-show chat where I learned that little factoid about Joey. And I have a, <laughs> I have a story to tell you. I like the name Jordan, by the way. So it's great. a good story. It's a great name. So back in the day when I was about to become a dad, right, people try to do the name thing, right? You could figure out how to name your child or children, as the case may be, over time, right? Not the easiest thing to do. So I remember consulting a book. But it wasn't like the here 5,000 baby name book. This was like a really well thought out book and I will look up the actual name of it and wonder if it's still in print. I'll, put a, put, in show notes. I'll put a link to it in the show notes for folks out there. Have you got the, uh, going the through Amazon the baby affiliate name. link there. The, for the, the name of the book was something, I, mean, I might get this slightly wrong, but the name of the book was something like Beyond Jennifer, Ashley, Jason, and Michael or something like that. Because had a was, baby a long time ago. It was a thoughtful book, right? <laughs> and it was, the idea of the book was to try to get you to think about the process, right, sure. of naming your child and not just here's a list of names and here's yeah. what the names mean, which yeah. are both yeah. of those books. Yeah. Anyway, there was a chapter I will never forget in that book. Uh, I've forgotten all the other chapters, but I, remember <laughs> the, I do remember this one. And, and here is the, the conclusion of this chapter, okay. that... Names that could be uh, a, a boy's name or a girl's name, a unisex name. Mm -hmm. And there are several names that could fit in that category. Jordan is one of them. Yep. Okay. Could be a boy, could be a girl. Over time, over time, once they become sort of more widely adopted, they all become female names, predominantly female names. If you really? think about it. So you, I'm not, you don't have to you know, I know both. put, put I know in your mind and think and about that. I know female Jordans. But if you, over time, over the long run, by no, I would disagree with Names you. that can go for boys or girls all become predominantly female names. Very interesting. What about Tony? What about Bobby? Those are sort of nicknames. Yeah, so yeah those are no. those are those are nicknames. Think about. Oh my gosh, they're ganging up on me. Ashley <laughs> is one. Think about that. Ashley as a boy name. I've it never was. heard a boy name. Yet. See, to this point, exactly. I didn't even know Ashley was a boy exactly. name. Oh wait, Gone with the Wind. Was there Gone with the Wind, Ashley? There might I don't know. Been. Anyway, it maybe should have been. I don't know. That's a long time ago. So that's okay. my that's my tip, pro tip on names. If you're gonna go that sort of name could be boy or girl, go right. for a girl. Don't don't hang that on a boy. That's my advice. Well, I've, I've got a All fun right. story about how we chose Jordan. All right. Uh, you consulted a book. We consulted an app. An app. Yeah. So yeah, I'm much older than you, Joe. There are these. So <laughs> I'm trying, to that, trying to rub that in, but that's fine. There, there's there's these apps where uh, it's like Tinder for baby names. No. Yeah, so I downloaded it on my phone. That's pretty cool. it to my wife who downloaded it, and we're just going back and forth, swiping left and right on to potential names. To see if names we make a match? To see if we make a match. That's clever. And okay, we matched on Jordan. Did you really? There were some others, but okay, I wanted really a daughter with a J name, so of course, you know, I went with Jordan. But um, yeah, I love that. Tinder for baby names. It's, it's a thing. Now, see, I went like super. Well, I have twins, boy and a girl, so I went like for my son Jack. I always said Jack could be a CEO or he could be the quarterback of the football team. That was my thing. He is in high school, quarterback of the football team. Maybe time so, to recalibrate those expectations. But I'm fair feeling enough. like he's got to be a <laughs> we, we've CEO got a little next. Evidence like, on him. Yeah. Yeah. And then my daughter's name, Carly, is a blend of my sister's middle name and my mom's first name. So it's Very like, good. yes. Very good. All right, so you can learn more names. about this on my other podcast, Baby Name Today, where <laughs> I actually cover this in depth. 
Yeah, let's that's talk, all for HR Happy Hour today. Let's, talk, for joining. Uh, let's <laughs> talk a little bit about HR, Joey. So you guys are working with small companies and helping them address their HR problems and challenges. That's it. What are some of the main problems and challenges small organizations are coming to you guys with? What are you hearing? What's, what's, what's the main thing out there? The biggest thing is that, so we work with a lot of startup founders, and they may have worked in large organizations where they never had to worry about HR. So the biggest thing is helping these founders and owners figure out that they don't know what they don't know. And that's conversations for compliance, that's conversation for retention, that's conversations for even terminations. Because there's a, there's a mantra that I say, you, you can't trust your gut in Google. You really do oh, wow. need to have a strategic partner or an advisor on your team that you are able to uh, grow your business with. And uh, so that's really the, the big thing is uh, helping overcome business owner ignorance. And that's not to say it in a bad way, but it's how do you build the organization that you dreamed about building, um, but you need this additional component to help you do that. Yeah, I, I think what my sense of it is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Joy, is that in light of the last five years or so, scandals, issues, Me Too, yeah. things like that, uh, Uber and some of the bigger companies, right? What's going on with that crazy luggage company away that's been in the news lately? Oh, I yeah. get the sense that smaller companies and startups are, I get the sense that they're maybe looking to address some of these challenges, but maybe a little earlier. A little they're earlier. trying to get a little in front of them based on what's been happening. They're running, successful startups are growing exponentially. They're running really fast, and time and time again, their Achilles heel is HR. Yeah. And so, Companies are seeing, hey, I want to run long, fast, strong, build a great company, build it to sell, build, build it to keep. But really what can what can bring you down is your, your people. And so we're plugging in with those groups that, that get that, and uh, we're serving as a strategic partner for them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. As well as a tactical one, too. Yeah. I think a lot of those smaller companies, too, they can become global companies so quickly just because that has yeah. become much easier with technology. And so then that brings even more HR issues, potentially. Absolutely. Um, you know, with laws from other countries, payroll in other countries, all those sorts of things, too. So it's probably even complexity that a lot of, if they, <clears throat> pardon me, if they went out and hired an HR professional, even, um, you know, internally, instead of partnering with you where you've got more broad experience, I think that could also, you, you might still get into trouble. And, you know, yeah, you we. We work with some, some multinational corporations, uh, but there's even complexity from state to state and mm. county to county. Traditionally, work has been in one facility, one location, at least for small businesses. Sure. Um, surely there have always been multinational, multi-state, large employers. But even now, we're seeing founders start with five people, but two of them are in one time zone and three of them are in another time zone. And that in and of itself adds a layer of complexity that you wouldn't have if everyone was in the same building. So it, it's been great for business because remote work is, is, is not going anywhere. It's only going to be improved and more people are going to do it. And um, founders are realizing, hey, I can get the best talent in Tennessee or in Phoenix or in California for whatever it is that, that I, uh, I want to do and build my team. So it, it can be complex even if you have someone living in another state. Joey, what got you interested in this? I mean, what were you doing before that kind of like steered you toward helping these types of organizations as opposed to working, you know, maybe an enterprise level Sure. Well, and, uh, I've always, you know, believed in the little guy, uh, kind of that David versus Goliath kind of thing. And I think with the rise of the Internet, 
uh, I've seen time and time again successfully uh, or companies being successful leveling the playing field through technology or through the internet and I said man what if I could create a company where uh, I can help more businesses do that because they've got the right strategic partners in place and why I got into HR period is because uh, in college, I was doing exercise science. I thought I was going to be an athletic trainer. I thought I was going to tape athletes for the rest of my life. And I said, yeah, that's no. awesome. <laughs> ankle well, you know, in that locker room. Maybe you'll but land that, on a Super Bowl winning team. or an 800th ankle. That's yeah. really different from what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, but, but there is a common thread that, I, that I'm realizing is that I love human performance. And oh, wow. whether that is from the playing field to the workforce, human performance is something that I'm really passionate about, getting the most uh, out of individuals and out of teams. And I prefer the small team space uh, as opposed to a, a larger enterprise. And so I just created a company where I could help multiple small teams launch, scale, and grow. That, that's a super interesting example, right, for a couple of reasons. Not just because of the context we're in, right? We're at this People right. Analytics Conference today, right? The Sherman People Analytics Conference. And the world of sports, right? It, I mean, it has the, if there's been one kind of trope, right, in the last 12 years, right, that went from sports to the world of HR, right? It's, we all know, it's Moneyball, right? Moneyball, it's, it's yeah. That, and look, I'm, I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. Like, it's funny, like, Moneyball was underrated as a concept. Then it became wildly overrated because that's all anybody talked about for three years. Now I think it's kind of folded back to underrated again, right? Like yeah. I actually think we're not talking about it enough, and it's a direct tie between the world of sports and performance and team performance and individual performance, right, and this world of, of workplace performance that we're spending time talking about here in Seattle. Well, I think I we're think not talking about the money ball story, but what I will say is as we're doing the briefings with a lot of the vendors, especially the large vendors, like look at Infor, they partner with the um, the Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. to go ahead and like look at, at team performance and they measure every single aspect of the, of the individual's performance, not just on the court, but in practice. And then they're putting that into play with analytics around how that yeah. impacts their performance as an employee as yeah. well and retention and contracts and everything and so and i think there are lots of other examples yeah know, the adp uh, and oracle and they're all the, the all NFL the nba and, analytics yes. are, are powered by sap right they yes. run all the nba's yep. analytics yes. at a league-wide so, level it's super interesting I, yeah. I, I don't know i find that interesting that's not even a question joey so i'm the bad <laughs> podcast host well, but uh, it's I a statement more than a question. Fun, fun fact. What I love about your story, Joey, is that like that gives you like here's where you are right now, but it also as a business owner gives you so many places to go as analytics change and evolve, as technology changes and evolve, and as you change and evolve, mm-hmm. right? You've got that background that you can sort of plug and play. Yeah, it's it's, it's riding the wave of yeah. um, of course, you know, part of the business is ensuring that we're always providing tactical HR. You know, you're always going to have to have someone to onboard, to update employees, open enrollment, yada, 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 so on and so forth. Uh, but then understanding the trends at large in the HR industry and distilling those into small business is something that I really get excited about. Uh, I did a keynote presentation uh, in, in Bulgaria, of all places, in uh, Sofia, Bulgaria. And I talked about how, you know, there's there's kind of this shiny new toy syndrome that, that we have in the, in the business uh, business climate and no matter what that is whether it was management in one decade leadership in another decade individuality in another decade and I think now we're in the decade of, of technology and uh, the interpersonal connections mm-hmm. and how data can tell those stories uh, there's still the need to take care of your people and understand what makes them tick and so uh, it, it's fun it's really really fun 
Yeah. I love it. One of the things that came up, uh, and I knew I'd shoehorn this into the conversation because I'm interested in this, but one of the things that came up in our sessions here today, Trish, at uh, Sherman People Analytics, was kind of the, maybe the, the tension, I'll say it, between data analytics and the collection of data analytics and the application of data analytics in the context of performance, but also kind of the human side, right? And sort of our, what I think anyway, I'm super interested in this, no one else is, the tension between our relationship with technology, right, in our personal lives, and then sort of how that relationship may or may not sort of cross over into the workplace. Like, it's been fashionable, and I think accurate as well, right, in HR, particularly HR tech, for quite a while to say, we must craft these experiences for employees that are similar, comparable, as simple and easy and effortless, blah, 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 as the ones we have, right, in our consumer lives, right? right. Like, how nice and easy it was for you to swipe right and swipe left, to collaborate, <laughs> essentially, so, to collaborate yep. with your partner to come yep. up with a baby name. It was fun, it was easy, it was cool. But wouldn't that be cool to find a mentor in the workplace, right? To have yeah. an app or that would whatever. do that same thing. Yeah. Or to find the right training course that you need, right, to help you acquire that skill that you need. But the tension part comes, at least this is my, I was postulating, that, hey, what, what if, maybe what if we go too far? What if we're having issues with private data, security of data, in, employees feeling like we're, as we're asking for more and more data about them and our systems are collecting it, well, hey, maybe I'm not cool with that. Maybe, like, because there's been a lot of backlash you just in the consumer space about, point. you know, you don't just data, personal data and what, what happens to it. I just find the whole thing interesting. Yeah. Well, you have to have an opt-in, I agree, mm-hmm. but what happens if you want to opt out? What does that mean for what your, your employment? What does that mean right. for your, yeah, for your career? Well, and I think that's with GDPR, that's where that's heading, right? So that the technologies are able to then scrub your data from the system, which is possible, but... One thing that, from a product perspective, when I was working on that, um, with the GDPR uh, deadlines we had in place, it was around when is the day going to come where we as the employee own our data and we take it with us. Right now, like, if I go, if I needed to find data from all the jobs I've had, I'd have to go back to each different employer, and it would be a hassle if they would even give it to me. I don't know. That would be an interesting thing to try, right? See if you could get your your personal record from yeah, these companies. Be um, yeah, but that, I think that's the way eventually it's going to go, right? The, the individual will own their data and be able to, to take that wherever they choose to. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think, go ahead, Joy, I'm sorry. No, I was, like I was just agreeing. Um, you know, I did Strength Finder, so futuristic, futuristic is one of my uh, strengths. But um, I would just imagine like a, a USB stick that holds all of your right. data and like you just plug it in and then when you leave another job, you... you take it out and go to another, uh, there'd have to be a lot to calibrate um, from employer to employer to make that happen, but that's, it's not outside the realm of possibility. So I, I haven't figured out exactly how that's going to work yet, and we're actually going to be doing some of this. I know it's nine months away, but we'll be doing some of this at HR Tech in October. Some people, anyway, and some pretty smart people, as well as they're getting the backing a number of uh, uh, some of the larger technology players in our space, at least are postulating and are probably going to push that um, blockchain is going to be the answer yeah. to some yeah. of this. And so that the idea would be there'll be kind of a decentralized but able to be, I don't know if the right word is federated or not, but I probably said that wrong. But basically that portable identity right. and ownership of that, that professional identity that you're describing, Joy, I think they think that's how it may manifest and that may be the technology that I've might underpin well. it. 
So I know there's going to be some announcements about that from some of the people who are working on it. Yeah. We're going to be talking about it at HR Tech for sure. I confess to not completely understand exactly how it's meant to work there's, and yeah. if it will yeah. work. Yeah. But I, I think the the impetus from it, as you said, makes sense, right, for where yeah, we're you going. You should own your data. Yeah. It, it's similar to uh, in, in health IT. My, uh, my wife used to work for a, a leading uh, research hospital uh, on the IT side. And uh, there's a tool where no matter what doctor you went to within the organization or without, uh, your data just followed you wherever you went. So if you're going from your primary care doctor to a specialist or uh, to a surgeon, you know they could tell you what your blood pressure was on that physical you had three years ago. And I, I think that kind of uh, fluidity of data matters when you move from one organization to another. It, it might even, almost, I'd say it could eliminate the, the need for background checking or, or employment verification if you can go back and say, okay, well, uh, this was this person's uh, performance management record uh, two years ago. Here's how they've grown. Here are some things that are still similar. It could it could really be a huge disruptor and, and for the field. It, I think it could be, but here's where you get to where I, I can already see these problems, right? So I remember a few years back, right, when I was doing a different job, and we had access to uh, millions upon millions, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions of candidate profiles and job application history because mm -hmm. I was affiliated with a provider of that kind of technology that was at the time and probably still is the largest one sure. in the United States. And there were perpetual challenges with deriving real value out of that data in aggregate, even if it were anonymized, right? And the primary reason was application data owned, quote-unquote, by company A, they did not want to necessarily share that with company B, even if we were all using the same mm -hmm. platform and all the data was in the same cloud and, on and all the reasons why. And you handed that Joey a second ago. The companies mm -hmm. might not want to give that up. I can sense the same thing with some of this profile data, right? Trish, you're an HR leader for a long time, right? I don't know if your organization had this policy. I know lots of organizations, right? When you ring them up, if some background checker rings them oh, up and says, tell, yeah. tell us uh, Trish's job, how she do, we want a reference on her, yeah. what did she do, you know? Oh, Trish worked here from January 1st to April 3rd. That's it. That's all we're telling you. Hang up. Well, yep. And, also and that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a large chasm to cross, right? Yep. Many people are pushing to not be able to have your compensation data follow you as well. Because, again, just because I did job ABC with your company at, at this particular you know, compensation, I might be doing something completely different. I feel like jobs are now, you have more options to move into something completely different. Mm -hmm. and, and they can't perpetuate... A negative pay impact by by bringing you on at that salary or you know underpaying you or whatever, you can sort of renegotiate without having to share what your salary history was. So that's kind of, that also could be a problem yeah. too. Is yeah. I don't want I don't mind if my I don't know I don't mind if certain aspects of my people data follow me. I don't know. It just depends, I guess. But that'll give us lots to talk about for the next twenty or yeah, thirty years. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So what else is happening, Joey? You know, we, we jumped around a lot. We went from like small business, HR and compliance and issues. This and, is good. And, you know, into the blockchain, into the world of the future. But let's dial it back a little bit. Let's yeah. dial it back a little bit. So like, if there's anything you see coming up, say the balance of 2020, maybe the next year or two, what, what are the things you think you're going to be thinking about the most, you're talking about the most, or working with your clients on, on more so than maybe you are in the last couple of years? Well, when it comes to working with clients, I think they're just – Moving from understanding that uh, HR is not administrative, it's strategic. And that may sound 
archaic for some of the listeners that are at larger enterprises where you're doing the people analytics and you know, things of that nature. But I literally had a, a former client. We went to dinner and uh, it was almost like a confessional. And they were like, Joey, I had no idea that HR was supposed to do all of these things. <laughs> and uh, and I, yeah, I felt it. It was, it was like a heart to heart. You know, he, he paid for dinner. That's cool. I, hope <laughs> I hope he paid. Yeah, no, no, um, and that was that was that was a great thing. You know, uh, part of the business is scaling companies up so that they can plug in someone uh, on, on site. So that was a, a great success story. Uh, but more entrepreneurs, more small business owners are going to look at HR the way that they look at their marketing intelligence, the way that they look at their financial intelligence, and they're going to. Uh, dip their toe into the water a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so whereas a lot of the HR tech space is geared towards enterprise, uh, I, I think you're going to see more small businesses try to work with the vendors and see how can we apply this to our team, even if it's five, even if it's 10, even if it's 20, gonna, because I because we need that type of competitive advantage. I'm glad you brought that up, Joey, and I'm going to use this as a very, very self-serving and public so everyone can hear this uh, request even. I'd love to talk to you about that in my context of what I do for HR tech because one of our points of emphasis this year, it's already like, you know, something we're planning on, is an emphasis on how technology solutions can benefit the very small to mid-sized market. And I mean small too. I'm not talking about, you know, some of the bigger vendors will call us small and mid-sized is 5,000 employees, yeah. right? That's a really big company, <laughs> That's right? a dream we're for like, so someone to talk about. So yeah, yeah, maybe we can, we can chat about, about that I'd uh, love to. after the podcast. But okay. so, I think too, just to plug also, there are so many startups that show up at these events, and that that's sometimes their sweet spot, right? They're getting started on those companies that are three, five, 10, 20 employees, because those are the companies that are are willing to yeah. sort of say, like, hey, we don't have anything. So if you want to come in and work with yeah. us and yep. partner with us, so it's kind of that perfect storm of having attendees who are in that space. They're an HR department of one or none. Yep. They got Joey. Yep. Or HR got, department of Joey. They got That's yep. your new hashtag, Joey. HR department of Joey. I, like I felt for a while that the uh, improved uh, access and capability and, and just power of HR technology solutions being available to these smaller companies has been maybe the maybe the most important story of the last 10 years or 15 years in HR tech. Because it, it, it's an adjunct of the cloud story, essentially, is really what it is, right? It, it's 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 a natural kind of output, right, of moving everything to the cloud, and certainly anything new that's been developed in the last decade is all the cloud-based all as well, cloud, yeah. that or app-based, even or mobile-based, completely. So um, uh, that's certainly hopefully to the benefit of small, uh, small and medium-sized organizations. It uh, makes it much more accessible to a very, very small organization. Yep. Actually, sometimes you'll find that those small organizations wind up with far more advanced HR technology than what a large enterprise will because once you get to that enterprise level, it's so hard to make a change. Or if they acquire a company or two or ten or whatever, they've got then ten different vendors they're working with, ten different systems, right? It's yep. The problem is magnified. So sometimes the space that you're working in, Joey, I think is where it's like, that's where the real innovation is coming because they can be so nimble, they can make decisions yeah. quickly, they can... The lock-in is significant. And from an innovation standpoint, it, it, it's, you know, We've never done this before, so there, there's that saying where if you're a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. But a small business owner or a, a founder is going to look at something and say, well, why can't we do this? And it's going to challenge the status quo because they don't they haven't had to experience right. that technology before. So it, I think it's beneficial for uh, vendors to look at small businesses as a test case of how can we uh, innovate for the future. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's good. I think that's good stuff. And I think that's a really kind this of... This is so interesting. A, a, a powerful kind of uh, development, right, in just the HR technology absolutely. market as well. And I, I think, and the last thing I think maybe we'll, we'll leave with this, and maybe Joey's got some advice and recommendations. I think the barrier to this for the very small company is just the the awareness and education barrier more than anything else. It's probably even more than the willingness. It's just, I just don't know what's available well, to that's me. Particularly in these founder stories, right, yeah. Joey? Like, even if you don't know what I'm you interested don't know in this and I, I think it's important, maybe, but I don't know what to do. Yep, right? yep, I agree. Uh, you don't know what you don't know, as I said earlier, and particularly for the small business owner who may be more um, price sensitive when it comes to evaluating technology, there has to be a clear value proposition for how will this help grow your business? You know, how will this keep people excited to work uh, longer hours or stay at your company? And so when you can articulate, I guess this is advice to vendors, but even for HR professionals. I was about to say, you could probably, you could probably open the, a side business advising yeah, the vendors. Well, you know, yeah. find me online and, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk. Um <laughs> But really, it's understanding what is the value proposition for this technology and why do you need to invest in it in addition to other things. Uh, and, and if there's a clear value proposition there, I, I think um, you'll see more adoption. It, it's, it's similar to how the big clunky cell phones were reserved for uh, those who were privileged to have enough money, but true innovation happened when everybody could afford an iPhone. So it, it's it's very similar to that uh, that that trend, I think. Yeah, good stuff. Good All right, stuff. Joey, we're gonna let you go. You got things to do, Joey Price. Got things to do. Founder of Jumpstart HR, host of the Business Life and Coffee podcast. Joey V. Price HR on Twitter. I got That's that it. right. That's it. Wrote that all down, Joey. Yeah. I'm very professional at this. Very professional. I know your experience at this. I've been doing this a very long time. It's got to be. It's got to be quite amazing for you to see it actually happening live. You know, to be able to peek behind the curtain, I'm oh, telling you guys, they, they run a phenomenal. No, 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 no expense spared. <laughs> you can't tell. We made him bring his own water. It's awful. Yeah, we're all drinking. It's HR happy hour. We're drinking. I know. Water. It is. It, it, you know, it actually so is great. almost real happy hour. So we had we worked hard today. Maybe we can we can uh, enjoy. Uh, Happy elevator. Like Joey, man, it's been awesome to catch up. Good Pleasure to see you. all mine. Safe travels home. Thank you. To Jordan. To Jordan. That's right. And, and make she'll be happy to learn that story that you'll tell her eventually about her name and yep. how you picked the right one. <laughs> yeah. you tell her. Yeah, I'll mention Tinder. Sure you, I'll, I'll send her the link. Um, Trish, anything else from you? We need to. Or we just go no, let our audience just again, get back a final, to there. A final thank you to Sherm for inviting us to yeah. People Analytics. Absolutely. I think um, it, we've talked with Joey about a lot of things, but one of the things I think is takeaway probably for the three of us is that there are a lot of people interested in People Analytics. I've talked to people from all over the country who have come to this, and at all different points in in their yeah. evolution of understanding of usage, of uh, just sort of directionally where they're going. So I think that's been pretty fascinating for a new event to have that sort of wide array of experience. It's yeah. been really cool. It's been good stuff. Enjoyed being here. So, uh, all right. For Joey Price, for Trish McFarland, my name is Steve Bowes. Thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and add the Alexa Show to your Echo Devices Daily Flash Briefing. That's it. We will see you next time. And bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.